Welcome to the season four of the For Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Wilcoxon, and one of the lay elders here at Redemption Church Gateway. This season, we're going to explore the cultural trends of Gen Z. Why? As the church, with a mission to make disciples, we want to discover how we can best connect with them, understand their unique challenges, and learn from them as we ultimately walk towards Jesus. So who are Generation Z or Gen Z? These are preteens and young adults born between 1997 and 2012 with an age range of 10 to 25, compared to millennials with an age range of 26 to 41. Here are some cultural and historical touch points for reference. Most were born after 9-11. The oldest member of Gen Z was seven when Facebook started and 10 years old when the first iPhone was launched and Netflix first entered streaming video. The youngest member of Gen Z was born when the first Marvel Avenger movie was released. Wow, that's pretty crazy. On this episode, we are going to explore music and the artists that are popular and shaping this generation today. Today, we have four guests to share their thoughts and opinions. Welcome, you guys. Hello. Hello. All right, let's start off. uh, Give us your name and age. Awesome. I'm Ashlyn Price. I'm 17 years old. Uh, I'm Joshua Najira, and I'm 19 years old. I'm Ryan Wilcoxon, and I'm 18. I'm Josiah Beeman, and I am also 18. All right. Um, simple question. So how important was music uh, growing up in your family? Very important, kind of important, not really that important. I'd say moderately important. Uh, I'm not a musician in my family, but one of my sisters in is. Um, other than that, I mean, we listen to music, but it hasn't really been a super big part of my life. Okay. Uh, for me personally, it's been a huge part of it because of the idea of escapism. and Music is really good for that. Nice. Um, it's been really important for us as a family. I think it's part of the family culture. Um, just our, you know, yeah, uh, just big part of our family culture. Uh, for me, it's kind of interesting. Like all of my brothers play instruments. And so I've been around a lot of uh, music performance. We listened to music in the car, but it was never like, I don't know, like a religious thing. It was never like, ooh, music. Yeah. Was there a parent that influenced you the most with the kind of music that you listened to? Like what? which parent? Yeah, my mom for sure. <laughs> it was my dad for me. Yeah. Uh, it was actually my uncle. that Your uncle? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then my dad. Yeah. Um, okay, so where do you find your music, and do you still listen to the radio? Interesting. <laughs> the, radio? the radio. The radio. What's the radio? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a technology. Uh, there's You're speaking a, in boomer terms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Gen Xer, so there's this there's this device in a car that's in like a box, and you have knobs and dials, and you can yeah. So so where do you find your music? Uh, I I personally use. Spotify a lot. Okay. A lot of people do. Yeah. Um, but I use the radio every now and then, mostly for uh, Christian radio. Yeah. Just when I, I'm tired of listening to the same stuff over and over. Yeah. All right. You guys? Spotify. Spotify? Yeah, Amazon. Spotify too. Oh, Amazon. Yeah. Oh, go Amazon. I don't have to pay for my account, so it's <laughs> we borrow it. But yeah, um, I find mine, the music in particular, not by myself. My sisters typically make the playlists, and I just listen to them. Or we put on Luke Combs at home. But other than that, I don't really pick out my own music. And then radio, I would only say with um, either like Caleb or Chris, sorry, Chris Miss Time. 
Christmas time. Yeah. 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 When that comes on, then we'll listen to the radio a ton. Nice. All right. Uh, I'll give you a second if you need it. Uh, what are your top three or four artists or bands? Top three artists or bands? In terms of minutes listened or just favorite? No, just favorite. Like if, if you were going to go on a long road trip and you could only pick three bands to put on your Spotify or your Amazon or your app, what are the three or four artists that have to be on the road trip to California? I think I know mine. Uh, my number one would be John Bellion because I love the diversity of his music. Um, and then Quinn 92. And then I think AOK. I don't know a lot of his songs, but it'd be cool because I like his style to listen through his albums because he has a lot. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say first and foremost, it has to be Gorillaz. Um, their versatility is unmatched. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. Probably one of the greatest rappers of all time. And then uh, I'd say either Frank Ocean or The Strokes. Wow, okay. Oh, I'm just, all right, so first, mine would be um, uh, this band called AJR. They do a lot of pop music, and yeah. I'm a big fan of theirs. Um, next would probably be Kendrick Lamar, just because... Mm -hmm. And this is all, like, super diverse, so I don't know if it'd flow as a playlist very well, but <laughs> this is my favorites. Um, this other one, I've been, that's who it was. It was, uh, I've been listening to a lot of Elvis Presley recently just because of the new movies yeah. coming out, and my friend put me on that. Have um, you seen the new movie yet? I haven't yet. It's excellent. Is it I, out? I loved it. Yeah, it's, it's out, yeah. That looked really good. It looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. But, um, and then as well as uh, Surf Curse, they play a lot of. Why can't I think of the genre? Ryan, you know him. Right? Yeah, just like, um, I don't know, like alt-rock. Yeah. Alt-rock? Alt okay. Yeah. Ashlyn? Mine would be um, Alec Benjamin. My sister's just got me on that right now. So him, Luke Holmes, and a compilation of Disney. Oh, okay. Like, I love the Disney hits. Nice. So um, prepare for this podcast. I put together a survey of all the high schoolers that were that's at here at Redemption Church Gateway. So we talked about music and artists and trends and um, things that are kind of uh, important to your generation. And when I look at the list of artists, these were kind of some of the top artists that uh, seem to be kind of regularly mentioned. And I want to kind of explore a little bit why you think they connect to your generation. So Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, Morgan Wallen, Billy Eilish, Olivia Rodrigo, NF, Frank Ocean, and Eminem. You're missing Doja Cat. Doja Cat, Tyler uh, the Creator. Love some Doja Cat. Okay, Doja. so wh why why these artists? Like, what what is it about them? Uh, they may not be your favorite, but you could probably look from the outside and go, okay, they're they're connecting with my generation because of this or what they talk about or their style. Like, what is it? Like, so. You don't have to mention an artist, but if you want to, but like, what's 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 connecting these artists to your generation? One thing I noticed when you were naming the list is uh, they all have really big personalities as mm. artists. Um, you see them uh, on like news, on social media, often uh, just doing these crazy things, or you know, sometimes groundbreaking things. Like you hear a lot of controversy on uh, like Harry Styles or whatever. Um, and well, it's even Doja Cat. She'll she 
she goes on interviews and she's hilarious. But uh, but yeah, they they all stand out. You know, not just as a band, but as a person. Yeah, so. expressive. For our generation, being unique is something that everybody really values. And I think that's turned into a lot of everybody kind of becomes as unique as everybody else. But for anybody that stands out, that's something our generation is trying to emulate Yeah. currently. What else? I, I feel like music in general reaches so much at the heart of a culture that talking about each of these artists digs into the other topics for this season. You yeah. know, like the ones I'm thinking of were like, Billie Eilish, uh, NF, I think about 21 Pilots is big, I think, for the older half of our generation. Um, but they're, like, talking about mental health. You know, Billie Eilish has very, like, sad, dark songs. NF, like, he gets angry at a lot of things. 21 Pilots is a lot of anxiety, depression, suicide. And so I, I think a lot of people like to listen to music and not feel alone. Yeah. I, th I think if you're looking for insight on the generation z experience i think it's weird because i don't think he's actually even gen z but um frank ocean i think just the especially blonde i think the the, the kind of very specific pain that he feels and the lack of identity in kind of the age of the internet is so and, and just so crucial and so like connective to what makes generation z generation z and like just all the struggles uh, when you know, with a lack of identity and um, just looking for love and desperate for attention and um, not attention is the wrong word, but um, affection yeah. is super prevalent in his stuff. I think it's something that you would, you like if you analyze deeply, you could see it in the music of other people like Doja Cat, like Billie Eilish for sure. And these people that like define generations, I think, are put more on display in Frank Ocean's music, mm. just how, how painful it is to listen to. So you mentioned, one uh, one of you mentioned social media. You guys obviously have, your generation has way more connection and proximity to your artists through social media than my generation. Our generation, the only time you saw them was they were interviewed on MTV. You saw them live at a concert. That was about it. Like you did not have a lot of access or visibility, but now with social media, all of these artists, we know that they have Instagram accounts, Facebook accounts, maybe TikTok accounts, and they, they have other, other channels to be able to com commute, communicate and kind of connect with their audience. It, you know, tell me more about how you view an artist through their social media presence. Interesting. I, I don't feel like I'm well to speak about that because my top two on my list for the, the car trip, John Bellion and Quinn92. John Bellion, I don't think, has made a post on his Instagram in like four years. And when he posts stories, it's like, hey, I worked on this song. You should go check it out like every four or five months. Um, and then Quinn92, he posts things about his personal life, but it's just like cool pictures. Yeah. So I don't really know much. I, I relate through the music itself more than the social media. What about the rest of you guys? What do you think? I don't have social media, so I've never seen anybody on the internet. <laughs> For context, we had a German foreign exchange student last year in my house, and she was the one that introduced me to One Direction. Never heard of, like, the people in One Direction. So that's wow. my music experience, wow. guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh like, I've heard of them, but I didn't know who anybody is. So out of that list of stars... I've listened to Taylor Swift and I've heard one Billie Eilish song. Oh, so wow. even for those of us that are that removed from <laughs> how much they're on social media, at least I've heard about them yeah. because 
there's so many artists and so much accessibility to music compared to your guys's day yeah. that you have to be that loud of a presence to mm. get through because we can listen to anybody we want at the touch of a button. Yeah. So these people have really made an impact again online yeah. and just with people talking about it at school. What, 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 how, how do you see them, these artists using social media outside of like your, the artists that you guys enjoy? So for me in particular, um, I don't personally, I mean, I use social media, but the one I'm TikTok uh, is very big right now. And uh, that's where my brother and sister and friends will all find like new artists because that's a platform based on, you know, music and short videos. So everything you scroll through has something playing in the background. And, you know, occasionally you'll be like, oh, this is catchy. What's the artist? And then so it, it's really good for marketing and really getting your ideas out there i feel like um very few most of those bands are are big because you know they make one really good song it goes viral on tiktok and then everybody else uh you know just kind of shares it, it you know it pushes for it really easily so yeah. but in terms of the artists themselves i also don't really follow too many of them on instagram but um I do see sh videos of them all being, you know, goofy or whatever. Like, I'll see uh, this one interviewer, Nardwar. He always does these uh, really <laughs> he, fun. He is strange. Yeah, he is yeah. a great – he's so I funny, though. Nardwar. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you'll s he really brings out uh, a lot of people's personalities. So I think those – they really uh, push that person out there. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I think – so – the one thing that a lot of people talk about with like older generations of musicians is kind of like putting out an image, you know, like you never really like got the whole story of an artist. And I think social media for the most part has allowed artists to be more like genuine, but for some artists it's just another way for them to be fake, you know, on and just kind of project an image in another place. It's just harder because there's more places to do it. Um, but I think a lot of artists, the one that have a long, like lasting longevity is um, are artists that are truly genuine and show that they are using their social media. So I think the one thing that has made artists like Doja Cat and Billie Eilish so long-lasting, and I think Olivia Rodrigo to an extent as well, is just how um, like genuine they feel, like they seem. And whether or not that's true, I mean, they seem like real people. And I think authenticity is like, I, I've heard it called like the currency of the internet, where, I mean, if you seem authentic and real, that puts you way farther than, I mean, talent will yeah. for the most part. But I mean, so, yeah. so when I was in high school and we did watch MTV, um, you know, that was kind of our place to see music videos and to listen to the music and to kind of hear about new artists. But today you, you already talked about TikTok. What makes TikTok so powerful or engaging or I guess addicting um, based on the music uh, that's then combined with either someone dancing or like a funny scene or video, like what is it? Like why why is it so powerful? Why do you think? I uh, do you want to go on that one? Sure. Okay. I, I think when you're like scrolling through TikTok, you're already kind of in a more suggestible state. <laughs> like you're just kind of like you know kind of mindless, just like you know scrolling through. And when it, like when you go to like another you know video on the on the site clip yeah clip or whatever on you know you scroll up and you hear something that like catches your eye or ear it like automatically just like changes everything so like the big thing that tiktok has changed is that for so many artists 
one section of the song, not even the full song, is the most like important part of the song. So I think that one song with by the Kid Leroy and uh, Stay by by Justin Bieber and the Kid Leroy. Yeah, I never heard the whole song for like months. Like after it got popular, I just heard that little part because it was all over Instagram and TikTok. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, it's not too bad. And I heard the whole song. And I thought it was all right. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. I think. What was it? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I think just because you're like not really paying attention when something catches your eye or ear, it like makes a much larger effect on your, you know. Yeah. Willing to listen to it. So Vox Media had this video on YouTube, and it talked about when a song goes viral on oh, TikTok, it then ev- immediately feeds into Spotify. And there's artists that aren't really professional artists, but have made like these little short videos with with the music, and that their own music then gets picked up and can be picked up by record labels because they see the, the amount of money that can be made on Spotify, but being fed by TikTok. So you Art. talked you talked a little bit about kind of that little clip um, from the Justin Bieber song, but it, can you remember another song or another thing that went viral that you actually then saw on Spotify and added to a playlist? I mean, there are tons of playlists on Spotify, like top TikTok songs. Of oh, really? February yeah. 20, yeah. Okay. Like, so I saw, I think Dua Lipa and Doja Cat blew up a ton oh, from TikTok. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know who they were before TikTok. Kiss Me More? Yeah. like That was all over. And I, I had to delete TikTok personally because I was you know, doom scrolling first. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't see the exposure a lot. But there's a band on Instagram I follow called Bears and Trees. And they're interesting because following their Instagram, I never heard a single one of their songs on their band account. But their personality was cool because they made funny videos. So I, I don't know. I think it's it's interesting just the way the music and the personality. You're going to see both of them together, and it makes you want to listen to it more because you connect, you connect the music with their personality and who they are. So it's almost like the, the person is more important than the music itself at times. Um, so, I mean, you talked about doom scrolling. Is there anything else that, that is related to music that you feel like you, that just kind of sucks you in and you just lose time? Like tell, or tell me the last time that you were listening to music and you just kind of like spaced out or just, uh, you know, all of a sudden you looked up, it's like an hour had went by or two hours had gone by. Like if you had an experience where you've been kind of just listening to music and went somewhere else. Uh, I, I have cause, um, Spotify added this feature where they, Basically, you can enhance your playlists and oh, yeah. whatever songs you have on there, it gives you ones that are very similar to them. And I was just sitting there and it was like a rough day and uh, I just put on some slow vibes and like an hour goes by and I realize I'm sitting here adding, I think I added like 15 new songs to a playlist just because of that and wasted like an hour and a half of my time. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't say wasted because I... I had a good time and it was honestly those songs are bangers but <laughs> um but yeah I, it was one of those you know you're really trapped there um feelings you know yeah that was the gym for me like if i put on a playlist <laughs> in the gym an hour will go by and i won't even notice which yeah. is amazing and very nice when you're at the gym and want the time to fly by yeah um but so yeah you kind of just get lost in it 
besides in the gym and I mean, how else do you use music to, in terms of just either bringing yourself up, bringing yourself down, soothing your, uh, maybe a broken heart or, um, you know, like, yeah. How, just examples of how you use music to, to kind of change or, or enhance your mood or the experience. Hmm. I, so I listen to music in the car a lot. And that's, that's when I, like, feel a lot of emotions because I'm alone, you know? Um, but recently, I've just been driving in silence because even the music is too much, mm. which it seems weird. And I found myself enjoying listening to music less and less recently, which is really sad to me because it's such a beautiful thing. It's a big part of my life. Um, I, I, don't I don't know. Could you say the question one more time? Yeah, I mean, how are you using music to uh, enhance your day or to affect your mood or to get through work or homework? Like, do you use music beyond just sitting down and listening to it? I definitely, so I, I use the lyrics in songs the most, I think. Oh, okay. So I'll be sitting there and I'll feel like a deep pain from something that happened and I'll remember a lyric in a song. And I'll pull up the song and I'll listen through the whole thing um, as a coping mechanism in some ways. Sure. And that's why I'm really careful about the music that I save because I know the influence it has on mm. me. Yeah. And so if I save something that's super secular and it's just like, hey, forget about your problems and drown in like feelings, then I just stay away from that. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I definitely use it to enhance feeling deeply. What about yeah. the rest of you? So I, last year on my Spotify wrapped, I checked and I spent about a third of my waking hours listening to music, waking hours, so like 16 hours a day, about a th uh, close to a third of them listening to music. And so to describe that, it, it's basically like pretty much any chance that I get, I'm trying to listen to music, whether it's new or old or it's, it's mainly... I feel like there's, like, two different purposes that I have for music. One is, like, commiseration, where it's, like, it's meant to maybe not... <laughs> Please define for the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, that's the only word I can think of. But it's, like, to identify with my mood, whether it's positive or negative. So it's, like, if I'm sad, I'll listen to a sad song. If I'm happy, I listen to a happy song. And sometimes it's the opposite. Usually I don't listen to a sad song when I'm happy. Some well, actually, I, I do, but <laughs> I mainly try and do the like the opposite when I'm sad and I listen to like more positive music. But I think I use it to identify with my emotions more, mm. just because like I'm not the most expressive person in the world. So sometimes it's just easier to let the song do all the work for me yeah. and just kind of yeah. I mean, it's it's the only reason I can explain for enjoying Blonde. Well, that's a great question uh, for all of you. So I want to, do you listen to happy music when you're happy or do you listen to happy music when you're sad? Okay. So I don't think I've ever listened to sad music. Like oh. to be perfectly honest. Oh, I, okay. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Disney hits doesn't exactly have sad songs. So I listen to happy music and that absolutely has an effect on my mood. Yeah. Uh, this week, my, I was in a funk around the house and my pod told me to go listen to music and then come back in 30 minutes and see how it went. And it was like completely changed the trajectory of the rest uh -huh. of the day for me. Oh, so it was great. That's great. Um, and then, but yeah, I don't think I've ever listened to sad music. Yeah. I know my sister does. She said it helps her, especially when it's like having a rough day, but that does not work for me. So I have to listen to happy music all the time or else it doesn't really touch me in the same way. Yeah. Interesting. So 
for me, I, I try and be like a super happy person, you know? Um, and sometimes I have trouble really like letting things bother me as much as they probably should. Um, and so I, I will use sad music to kind of like ring out the sadness, I guess, you know, like, um, uh, it was, I had to go to this camp thing once and I had just gotten into this really stupid fight with like my brother and I was, uh, I was kind of pressed about it, but not, you know, I was like, I had to go and help out with the camp. So I, I'm like, okay, I got to listen to some music right now, get the feelings out. And, um, so that way I can, you know, be a hundred percent for this camp and yeah. It, it really helps in that sense, but, uh, but yeah, and then happy music. I love, like, I'll pump myself up at the gym listening to these, you know, really high energy songs, and it it works wonders in that sense. But yeah, Josiah, I really don't like happy music. <laughs> <laughs> like I, when when I think of happy music, I think of like super cheesy, like. Royalty free, like YouTube music, whatever. I despise that. And so <laughs> I listen to like emotional songs most of the time, not necessarily sad, but emotional. Um, and I think like upbeat music that I listen to is still like heavy, but it has more of an upbeat feeling to it, like more uh, groovy. <laughs> um, so w when I'm happy, I usually don't listen to music. Mm. And when I'm in between, I listen to music. And when I'm down, I listen to down music. Yeah. So what do our your parents get wrong about the music you guys listen to? Or what do they not understand? Like, what are we missing? Like, we, list, we listed off those artists. We talked about some of the bands or artists that you listen to. What are what what are we missing? What are we not seeing? You talked a little bit about transparencies. I think some of that we can capture because you have artists that talk about mental health and struggles and things that are angry. Um, you talk about authenticity. Talked about the the ability to connect uh, social media, but like what what are we not seeing with these artists? So, for me, I have um, I, I I grew up in like a foreign household. And my parents take a lot of music very literal. So if I, you know, when I was younger and they'd catch me listening to a song and it has, like, lyrics that are a bit suggestive, but, um, you know, to me it's, like, it's still a happy song or something. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm, like, following the trends of the song, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, I think music is influential, but I'm not going to go and, like, you know do things I'm not supposed to just because a song is that I'm singing is saying to, you know, yeah. what else? Who else? I know in my household, like mostly with my dad more so than my mom, but, uh, angry music, people that like scream or rappers with a lot of attitude. Mm. Uh, I know my dad very much dislikes and I understand it. I dislike it too. And when I listen to people that are like have an angry tone or are, um, I don't know, like more attitude, it's because they're feeling angry, not just they're yelling at somebody, but 
Okay, that's a small tangent. Like, like differentiating between being angry at a person and being angry at a thing that a person did, mm. I think is important. And you can hear it in music when they're yelling at somebody versus when they're angry at what somebody did. Um, and, and so that's one thing I would advise parents is more than listening to the words, like, you know, Josh kind of was talking about, um, and more than listening to the music, listening to the heart of what the musician, the artist is saying. Mm. For my, oh, sorry. For my household, my parents are way more musically adept than I am. So they actually listen to 10 times more music than I ever have. And they've actually really loved my sisters and I growing up because then we get to listen to their more suggestive music from the 80s. <laughs> and so for me, honestly, we haven't ran into that issue. And also my parents are like insane. They know everything. So I wouldn't say that they misunderstand what me and my sisters listen to in any way. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Different perspective for yeah. our family. Yeah, I think so something... Obviously, a lot of my musical, like, know-how and at least inspiration to listen to music is from my dad, who is hosting this podcast right now. <laughs> but I think the one thing that I am frustrated with when I talk to my parents, my mom, and sometimes you is music is so important to me, and it means so much. And I think not just to me, but I think in general, I think it just has so much importance meaning and um significance not just to me but just to society and to life itself that i i think that i don't need everyone in the world to understand to like feel that and understand that it's just like sometimes i it's it's frustrating when i'm getting really excited about a song or an album that's that that is just exciting to listen to and it almost feels like it's written off as like a, oh, nice. You know, that's just a new musical trend or that's just cool or, well, oh, it has explicit music. That's that's not okay. When that's not really like the point. Like the, the, the point of me listening to this is not just because it's explicit. I'm listening to this because it means something to mm. me. Like, like most rappers, for example, like it's explicit, but it means something not just to me, but to them and to that culture and obviously some hip-hop just doesn't really mean anything and some of it's just bad but i think so much of it just means a lot that writing it off as just explicit like that's all it is all it is is explicit music that you probably shouldn't listen to but i'm going to allow you because i don't know how to discipline you for that it's like it, it just feels so reductive to what it means to me and to culture. Yeah. So what does the, what should the church be thinking about? So the, when I say the church, like universally, the people and the leadership, how, how should it, do you think the church should look at music, your generation's music differently? Like, or something that we should understand? You talked a little bit. Quick to adapt to modern music mm. as some churches are just because there is um, music connects so much with everybody bringing them together that if you start changing songs too frequently then you're losing people you're losing the older generation so keeping con songs consistent for a long time i think is super beneficial because people like repetition they like understanding and knowing what the words are so there are a lot of churches i think that are trying to adapt to the younger generation too fast so acclimating us in is important but not too fast that you're losing gen x and the boomers yeah what else 
What else should the church know about music or think about music differently for your generation? I think one of the coolest things I've experienced is like on a Sunday when they, they play the doxology, which is such an old, I think it's a, it was a hymn, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when they change it in a way that it feels more meaningful, like the first time I heard it played with a drum kit and like a guitar, it was like, okay, that's interesting, but it doesn't change the song. You know, it's not a crazy guitar riff. It's not modern synthesizers right. going off. It's not, you know, techno. But it, it taking aspects and tying them into the old, I think, is kind of a cool way to incorporate the old and new generations. Mm. Um, but, like, I, I've been involved in some music at uh, Gateway. And when I was still getting started, I was like, well, why don't we play you know, cooler songs on Wednesday nights at, at students. You know, why don't we do, like, Colton Dixon or, like, Brandon Heath? And it's like, well, yes, we could, but but you can't just, I don't know. Like, there is, like uh, Ashlyn was mentioning, there's an aspect of, of, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know. I got kind of lost. Do you understand what he's saying? Kind of. We're sort of tracking with you. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yes, there is, we should adapt, but. You have to keep everyone in mind. Exactly. And you're not changing things too dramatically. Like you said, adding a drum is awesome because drums are super, super cool. And in the past, like, we didn't do that as much. So, but also keeping things traditional. Because there is something about the beauty of, like, the olden days that is cool in church. Yeah. What, what do you guys think? I just, going back to, like, authenticity is if you want to attract a younger audience to your music it's not about just copying because copying is i I think what people don't realize is that it's so easy to spot a copycat you know and this is my biggest complaint with the christian music industry as a whole but also with some more you know like recent uh worship music specifically is that it's so focused on just like acclimating to trends like you know this rapper is big right now. Let's find someone who has a similar style to them, but they're Christian. That is so inauthentic and not valuable. And, and, and it almost like waters down the Christian message in the first place. When I, I love one of the, um, one of the quotes that we have um, that like, <laughs> like recycles through on like the Sunday mor- Sunday mornings is the, um, the Christian's imagination is the one that should go to the stars, something along those lines Mm -hmm. where Christians, we should be the ones that should be like the most inspired by the beautiful reality that God has created that why are we limiting, limiting ourselves to copying trends that are created by other people? I understand like if you are just generally affected by hip hop as a whole creating, like I'm not asking you to create a new genre, (laughs) but just, Creating good music, just if authentic quality music that speaks to the heart of what makes God's creation so beautiful and yeah. what, like, our salvation is just so, you know, huge. And so I think if you're going to either make new music or find music to play, it's more important that you just find music that's authentic and quality and you know, closer to the message than just, you know, 
taken whatever's popular and just, you know, oh, Eminem's popular. It's, NF sounds similar. Let's make him big. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Well, it's been going on for a long time. I remember in the 90s going into a Christian um, bookstore that sold music, and they had this chart, and it said, like, if you like ACDC, you will <laughs> like this band. If you like uh, this kind of hip-hop, you'll like DC Talk. You know, it was like this little grid of, like, here's a Christian version of the stuff that you listen to, the secular music that you listen to, and you make a great point. Most of those bands were just bad, really bad copycats. But it's been going on for a while, unfortunately. I mean, that's possible. also part of the music industry is they're there to sell and make money. And so if they can find an artist that will, you know, be in any genre that they think that they can sell and make money, whether it be in more of the Christian music or in secular music uh, industry, they will. So, um, sorry. Go ahead. It starts with parents because youth have always been, well, at least since the swing era, have always like sorry since the swing era the youth have been the, like the center of what's popular in music and obviously parents have a very direct effect on what the youth can listen to so if the christian youth are determining what's popular in christian music christian parents have to be the ones to say i'm you know they can't just like they're the ones determining we need a Christian alternative as opposed to we need authentic music that, you know, aligns with our worldviews. World yeah. yeah, I mean, like, more than a Christian alternative, these kids aren't listening to Christian music in general, so how can there be good Christian music? Yeah. Like, that's, that's I think, is the heart of the problem. And there are good bands. DC Talk, they had some good songs. Yeah. Um, but, like, my number one, John Bellion, his music is Christian music, but if you didn't know that, you wouldn't know. And that's what I love, is he's not trying to make Christian music, he's trying to make good like good music as a Christian. And that, to me, is what it needs to be. You know, mm. it's, it's, I don't know, yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts about kind of how the church should be thinking about music? Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that it, it kind of turns people away when you kind of like how Ryan was saying, try and make a replacement. Cause um, my friends and I joke about it saying it's like kids, Bob, you know, <laughs> you're, you're taking these popular songs and you're pointing it towards kids or in this case, Christians. And you're like, you're going to like this because it's popular and it's like going towards what you believe, you know? And in kids, Bob, it's like no cursing, no, suggestive themes for Christian it's like let's swap out the lyrics and make them rhyme as long as they talk about God which there's no authenticity in that you know mm. you're not really getting um, things from the heart you're not getting these songs that you can't move someone with something that's not from the heart you know yeah um, so I, I definitely think that it, it turns kids away because then they're like oh well, this is just the uncool version now you know yeah. um I'd rather listen to the original version because this other one is just like, again, just Bible verses that rhyme to the tune of whatever this song is. Yeah. So maybe the, the church can look more into music that's not only just labeled as Christian, but that has the values that we as Christians like. Yeah. There is a lot of songs out there that have the home value, the family, things like that that are good, and they are of Christianity, but they're not labeled. 
Christian, like the artist you like. Yeah. And I also wanted to point out something that I, like it moved me a lot on a Sunday a few months ago when, uh, you know, the worship leader was up there and he kind of just looked at the audience and was like, you know, this last week has been really rough. You know, like I've been struggling to keep God as a center of my life. Things have been moving really fast. And I was like, I felt like I wasn't alone because mm. that happens, you know, and it's back to being genuine. Like this generation is so like they love genuine. They love authenticity um, and portraying that from the church. Like we should be an authentic people, you know, like more mm. than anybody. We have the love of Christ on us and we're like happy about that. So we should let, just let it shine instead of trying to fake happiness. You have happiness. So show it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in your thoughts about like just worship music, because there, there, there's a context, like, you know, m- most of the time we, when we go through life, there's different contexts. I'm at the context of work. I'm at context of at home doing chores. I'm at the context of in church worshiping. So talk a little bit about how, you know, either impactful or I mean, how it's, how worship music's been impactful or not impactful in your life or times when you felt like worship at, on Sunday through music has been uh, powerful in your heart, a little bit of like what you talked about, Josh, Josiah. Um, I definitely think that worship music almost feels not like its own genre, but you, it feels different. You know, um, growing up, I listened to a lot of worship songs as well as other songs that weren't really labeled Christian songs. Um, and honestly, nowadays I'll need a, a break from other music and I'll just turn to worship music and it feels almost refreshing. Cause then I'm like, you know, this, especially the ones that again, have authenticity. It's, it feels like a different uh, feeling that you're getting in, you know, not only are you getting God in there, but a lot of them focus on, at least for me, the feeling of reassurance, mm. you know, um, especially going to kids camp, uh, or not kids camp, uh, the summer camp that we did here or uh, in California for redemption. None of that was like new popular music. It was for the most part, traditional worship songs or not like hymns, but you know, like something that's probably been written in the last 10 years. Um, and because they sang it up there with so much feeling with so much heart, uh, Everybody there loved it. You know, nobody there was like, this song didn't have these cool 808 beats that I like, you know. (laughs) Uh, Everybody there was singing it and praising God, and you could see it moving through them. And I think that that's why it it is something that is kind of, it can be similar, but also I feel like it is different. Yeah. Ashlyn? Worship music for me has begun to be important the past two years, I think, or more important. So as my family moved around a lot, we've been to several different churches and I had a really hard time with a ton of flashing lights, a super loud music. It just felt of the flesh, not of the spirit. Like they were trying to replicate a spiritual thing. Um, So redemption is not like that. And it's been so, so powerful every Sunday morning um, because A, there's a call to worship, which I've never seen before. And that's just incredible. And then also I'm neighbors with the Brazeltons. So just getting to see how much passion and how much effort goes into creating a set every week is so impactful because I know how much work the entire band puts in to make that environment for us every Sunday. Yeah, they're not, throwing it, they're not throwing it together. Last no, minute. not they at all. It's some, some so time. 
far planned in advance and it's crazy. Yeah. So I have begun to see the importance. I'm not somebody that gravitates towards music being as impactful as most. So it's just begun to be so crazy. So now my family, where at previous churches we've been to, it's okay to be five minutes late to church. That's completely unacceptable for us every Sunday because we just can't miss um, worship. And then also a few months ago when we did the thing where we clap or we raise our hands, just being, do you remember when we did that? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I remember that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Now that's become so much more um, desensitizing me to the awkwardness of having to, of raising your hands and of clapping super enthusiastically so just getting to watch the teenagers of this church get so into the music more than anywhere else I've ever been is incredible. That's so I, awesome. I'll see my family, my sisters, my friends, and people all around us lifting their hands every Sunday, and they don't care because we are people that are happy and shouldn't have to fake it in church. So just seeing what music does to people is crazy. Yeah, and, and like the more you get involved in the church, you see that. Yeah. You know, if you show up on Sunday for the sermon and music and you leave, and that's all you do at the church— like, yeah, it seems like a show because it is a show. You're showing up to consume a show for an hour or two, and then you leave. And so, like, getting to know the pastors, the worship leaders, for me, has made music, uh, like, worship music so much more impactful. Like, I see, yeah, it might seem kind of flashy, but you talk to the people that put it on. They're not trying to make it flashy. They're trying to make it beautiful. Good. Yeah, and beautiful. Like, you can't... <laughs> It's so hard because you want to make it good, but you don't want to make it vain. And that's like, they're hand in hand. The yeah. only difference is the authenticity. Exactly. Any thoughts on worship music, Ryan? Yeah, worship is, it's weird because it's it's not not a concert. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, if you go to a concert, you know, there's, there's usually no, like no seating. And if there is seating, like, Everyone is like they are there for that artist specifically, so they are getting hyped for the artist, and they're more willing to like you know jump up and down because that artist means so much to them. But w at church, it's a live show; there are lights, and but you're not there for the artists. You're there for what the artists like are speaking on, or at least inspiring you to, which is so it, it inspires something so, so different. And I would say it should inspire so much more. And I, I'm, I'm not asking, you know, for a rave because um, very few people would enjoy that. But I don't know. I think um, making something that I, th I, th I, th I do think we may do a good job of trying to make it enjoyable and inspiring to worship. Um, but I there are just a couple songs I'm not the biggest fan of. Please play a Mark Barlow song. I need that in my life. <laughs> Steven, if you're listening, 814, please. I just, I I would love something that I could, you know, two-step to or something, Yeah, you know? Well, we're going to wrap up with a lightning round of Gen Z vocabulary. So if you're listening right. and you're trying to figure out what these young folks are talking about, this might help you out. So I'm going to provide a word, and then you will provide a term that your generation would use instead. So the first word is um, something that is awesome or very good. <laughs> Josh? Uh I would definitely just respond to it by saying the word swag. Yeah, swag. Okay. <laughs> I'd say lit. That might be three years ago, but okay. Um, I'm sure this will make younger audiences cringe a little bit, but to get a little more into more uh, 
specific sections of the internet. Um, pog is a word that came. Pog. I know. Okay. I know. Wow. It, so it came about. Okay, sorry. I'm, I. That's all right. I tangent too much. We don't need all the all the, all the context. The kids would for sure say bussin. Bussin. <laughs> bussin. Oh. Okay. I personally would say like sick. Yeah, food, food okay. specifically for bussin. Bus. How about something horrible or very bad? Nasty. I feel like nasty is kind of just nasty, like, or, or like rough. Like, or, ooh, that's rough. That yeah, I do say rougher. All right, uh, I'm being honest. I'm not lying. No cap. No, no cap. Yeah. No the cap. easiest one. Or like before you say it. Yeah. Or oh, like <laughs> sound. Just, okay. Yeah. I'll say for real a lot. For oh real. yeah. Uh, or you know. You know. And over text is just like FR. Yeah. FR? Yeah. For, for, for real. real. Yeah. For real. Yeah. All right. Um, something or someone looks really good. <laughs> say Josh. it. Josh, say it. Oh, my. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, this one's more as a joke, uh, but my friends and I will try and hype each other up, and we'll say, like, he's a baddie. Or Oh, yeah. yeah it's uh, usually to my friends, like the guys, you know. Yeah. How about something that's uncool? Cringe, I guess. Cringe, Cringe. or that's not it. That, yeah. that ain't it. Yeah. Yeah. That ain't it, Chief. <laughs> yeah. um, something that's not, like, not fashionable, like old or kind of just lame. Crusty. Crusty? crusty Do you use the word crusty, Ryan? Mm. Well, Kira does. My sister. Oh, okay. Uh, that's about, a, that's very how much about something word. inspiring? You see something, you're like, oh, my gosh, that's. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. yeah. That's tight. Okay. I use tight a lot. That's, that's my yeah. I, I feel like most of these depends on the situation for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it'd be like, oh, oh yeah. that inspired me to. for this thing. Like, yeah. Um, you agree with somebody. For Facts. sure. Facts. 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 That's a big one. That's, that's yeah. Facts. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, last one. Something or someone was perfect. Like, they just either something fashionable or... Um, you know they 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 were they were told to do something and they just crushed it. Um, this isn't like you wouldn't like. This isn't a description, but it's like a an exclamation, like period, like oh. you know, like period, sis. Like okay, <laughs> I would I would probably say like you nailed that, or I'd hype up and be like, whoo yeah, or just like something like that. Nice. What so outside of the words I gave you, what are like your top five? Like the words that that you would say to e express an emotion or a feeling or, uh, okay, I don't say this, but really popular right now is mid. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a big yeah. One. What, okay, what does yeah. that mean? It's it's not bad. It's not good. It's it's just mid. It literally just, means like, yeah, like blah, the like blah, like the yeah, middle kind of, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, like Jack Harlow. Yeah, yeah. mid. Oh, oh, ouch. <laughs> Kira's gonna hurt that one. Uh, what's another word? I don't know. I do sound effects. Your sound effects. <laughs> I, do, I do like, or like, oh, okay. like body language. Yeah, like, like almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've been out of school for like two months, so I feel like I'm losing all of the. Any other words? Yeah, n nothing too big. I mean, we're like specific words get popular, I guess, for a while. Like mid is definitely like the, the, the kind of like the word supposedly, but. I don't know. I it's mean, it's kind of going out. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Slang is big. Uh, slang as a whole, I feel like, is just so rapidly changing that it's just hard to nail down. Yeah. I mean, you do all memes too. 
Yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of memes become like slang for a week or two. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, uh, drip. What does drip mean? Oh, like um, jewelry. That's yeah, what yeah, I've been like, told. Or it's like, like, cool. like your cool. your outfit. Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was originally talking about cool drip would be. Because yeah, cool it was like ice. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. like your ice, ice on your is wrist. Is like, ice yeah. is drippy. Or you'll say like that person's all dripped up, and that means that they're all like <laughs> fancy. You know, yeah, cool. yeah. I almost said all swagged up. Josh, that's Josh even more than right All right. <laughs> what about this one? Uh, hits different. I almost, it literally like, is it what it means. Yeah, it yeah. hits different. Well, so basically, like, if you have like if you eat a food that's like. Maybe that's not it. I don't yeah, know. It's like, no, yeah, like, oh, that hit a spot. Like, that um, was really good. This one's better than most. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a way to compare one thing to another. Yeah. yeah it's or, either better or worse. It's just not the normality. Yeah. Or, like, it made you feel an emotion. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It hit different. Um, Bet? Oh, it's it's almost like saying... It's, it's like a response to when someone says, like, you know, like, I... Like a challenging response. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, like exclamatory. Someone just, like, just challenged oh, you and you said, I'll oh, bet. You know, yeah. like, I'll do that. Uh, skirt. <laughs> uh, that was a that was like a SoundCloud rap thing. Yeah. Christian, don't kill It was me just uh, like an onomatopoeia. Yeah, really. I don't think it's used for anything. I, I use it sad. when I'm driving and that's it. I'll be like, skirt. You know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's mainly just like rappers using that. How about understood the assignment? <laughs> you, you knew like like basically you did it perfectly to the like what was necessary like i don't know I mean, that, that one's kind of used in like inappropriate circumstances like 90 yeah. percent of the time what? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. kind of like you nailed it you know kind, yeah kind of like you, you nailed, nailed it, it to to a perfect degree you know it's not not is it the same as slaps no that's that's no. like hit different yeah no like slaps, slaps. slaps is very similar to hits different ah yeah okay Thanks. to a degree um vibing I, I, I feel like your generation is all about the vibes. Yeah. I'm yeah. vibing. What does this mean? Yeah, so vibes transcend quality, I think. So <laughs> wow. it's okay. not even, so there's so much, uh, music specifically too, it's almost no longer about like the quality. I mean, it is, but like sometimes it's not even about the quality or anything about the music, but just the vibe and the feeling that it brings about when you listen to it. It, it it transcends any of the quality yeah. that yeah. it might have. Like, in one of my classes, I would walk into the room and move around until the vibe was right, <laughs> which is kind of weird, but it's like everything, like yeah. like feeling unadulterated by thought. Yeah. It's like good time, bad time type stuff, you know? Yeah. There seems like the, there's also this, um, like, increased uh, awareness of aesthetics, like yeah. the way things are designed or put together or... Oh, yeah manufactured or created yeah yeah we, we're i'm just gonna say we're a pretty spoiled generation so if it's not good we don't want it you know wow yeah it's like almost better to go without something than to go with something bad yeah do you have an example uh i mean like if you're gonna buy you know decorate your room a lot of times people will just not decorate their rooms if they can't decorate it well yeah That's fair. all right final round um th these are the things that you you consume or use all right so streaming um movies tv what do you what do you what do you use uh prime video i use everything okay I'm top three hulu hulu netflix and uh disney plus um crunchyroll hbo max which i think includes crunchyroll but that doesn't matter 
Um, yeah, so Crunchyroll, Netflix, and HBO Max probably. YouTube. YouTube? That's fair. Yeah, yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, ever, yeah. YouTube. All right, what what kind of phone do you have? iPhone or um, Android? iPhone, obviously. Uh, Android. <laughs> yeah, Josh is living in the... Uh, I don't get added to the chat. Yeah. Just because of, <laughs> not even the, the intern prehistoric era. Josh Reese, if you're iPhone. listening. <laughs> iPhone. All right, uh, and then we talked about uh, music, so you're Amazon, and then the rest of you are Spotify? Spotify. Yeah. Supreme. Uh, Apple Music is getting... So, like more popular in America, yeah. it shouldn't. I you think s- it's. I think it's more <laughs> popular in America than Spotify in America. Dumb question. Aren't they all do the same thing? Yeah. To a, to a, uh, I, I only use Amazon, so it's, I would have it's no debatable. Idea. It's the vibe. So it is no, <laughs> no, 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 okay. It's uh, it's partially like the algorithm. So like um, a lot of people like what people praise Spotify for most is their ability to give like good suggestions. So mm. Spotify, Spotify. Spotify is so good at giving you songs that you might like, whereas, like, Apple Music, I, I've used it a couple times, and they just give you, like, a couple songs and playlists that they made, and it doesn't really fit what you want. Yeah. All right. Um, shop online or shop in the store? Amazon Prime all the way. Amazon Prime. I'm addicted to it. Wow. That's uh, both. Both? Yeah. It has to be both. Okay. Depends. All right. Last question of this episode you have your playlist. You're, you've got your car pointed towards California. You got to stop for food. What is the one place? And it doesn't matter what day it is, but what's the one place you have to stop and eat at? McDonald's. McDonald's. Uh, or Chick Fil A. Sorry, dude. Ch- Chick Fil A. Yeah. Chick Fil A, but on Sundays, In and Out. Okay. Uh, honestly, Josh's answer: Chick Fil A, Supreme. Yeah. Uh, it, it, going to California. Oh. He's thinking too He's much. Thinking about the vibes. So yeah. California. I love food so much. In and out. I'll in and out. In and out. Yeah. There you go. Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been great. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Thank you for being transparent. Uh, hopefully, uh, as you listen to this episode, we hope that you get a, a little more of a glimpse into the music and how it shapes uh, this generation. Uh, music is so powerful, and uh, we, need to, we just know it's important to understand all generations, but especially uh, Gen Z. But uh, thank you all for your time, and um, we love you guys. Thank you for setting it up. Thank all you. Right. Thank you. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.